ESP One FM and AM 930 presented by Elmore Deep left side three and good from 30 feet, John Elmore. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It's the Wednesday, August 1st edition. Your drive is beginning right now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This hour, we're going to hear from David Kahn, the voice of the West Virginia Power. I specifically want to talk to David today about trade deadline yesterday, Pittsburgh Pirates, and of course, how that the Pirates were able to do will affect minor league baseball. We'll see what yeah, I don't think there's going to be a direct impact right away with the West Virginia power in the in the short term or the long term here. But still interesting to see what these trade deadlines mean when it comes to prospects being offered up. So we'll get his thoughts on that. And of course, get you updated on the West Virginia power. We'll take your phone calls later on. Yes, we'll open up the phone lines for you at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. And of course... We are just that much closer to football because it is August, my friends. It is August. It is upon us. The The real countdown to football season has begun. Everything else up to that point was just teases. We're now here. Camps are opening up. Fans are going to be flocking to Jones C. Edwards Stadium to catch the thundering herd workout do what they do, and I've got the camp schedule for you. You want to know when you can go see the herd? You want to know? Well, you've tuned into the right show, my friends. Okay, here's the schedule. Now, let me preface all this, starting with that um, it's going to be open. Practices are going to be open to all Big Green members, season ticket holders, and Marshall University students with a valid ID. So if you're not one of those three, there will be people to help you acquire season tickets or Big Green membership. Don't worry. If you want to see camp, you can get in. We'll get you in. Now, you've got to enter through Gate B. Can't just wander in. you got to show up through Gate B. Uh, that's right next to the Herd Zone Stadium store over at the stadium. Uh, if practice is forced to the Chris Klein Indoor Athletic Complex because of weather, um, practices are going to be closed. You can't show up and, and watch practice. So if it's raining pretty nasty, it looks like it's going to be pretty bad. Um, if you've got the means, check Twitter because that's where they're going to make a lot of their announcements. And practices are going to be about two and a half hours. So budget your time. If you're going, budget your time. Now, the fan day is Sunday, August 5th. That's from 1 to 3.30 p.m. And that's going to be an opportunity for you just to interact, get things signed, hang out with the players, meet them, get to see some of the new faces. And there's also going to be uh, the Big Green Season Ticket Holder Appreciation Night. Uh, that's going to be uh, after practice on the 10th. That's going to be about 6.30 p.m. So now you know all that. Here's what the schedule looks like. Now, Friday... The third, it's going to be 3.50 p.m. 3.50 p.m. for the first practice. Saturday the 4th, 3.50 p.m. Sunday, August 5th, it's going to be 6.30 p.m. Now, um, fan day is going to be 1 to 3.15 p.m. 
Gates are going to open at 12.30 p.m. August 6th, 7th, and 9th, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, 3.50 p.m. all three days. Friday the 10th, as we mentioned, that's going to be the Big Green Season Ticket Holder Appreciation Night, 3.50 p.m. You're you're starting to get a theme here, aren't you? you? You're kind of figuring it out. Saturday the 11th, Monday the 13th, Tuesday the 14th, all 3.50 p.m. Wednesday, August 15th is going to be 6.30 p.m. Thursday, August 16th is going to be 6.30 p.m. And Friday, August 17th, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, August 18th, 6.30 p.m. We will keep you updated on that stuff. So if the weather looks pretty nasty... Check Twitter. That's my best advice if you're you're going to go. So that's really what it means. The start of of camp has begun. Now, I wish in a way that Marshall had a practice field. Not not the indoor complex. I'm not talking about that. I wish Marshall had a like a just a a practice field off to the side. Not practicing in the stadium, but just had a practice field, a little smaller, a little bit more intimate instead of practicing at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Because if you go to camps across the country, not necessarily all of them are going to be in the stadiums. And this is College in Pro. I love the way that some of the pros are doing it. Have you ever been to Cincinnati Bengals uh, training camp? Uh, it's right across the street from the stadium. They've got several grass fields, which are pretty cool. And they're practicing there, and they've got – They've got a great situation there where on their main practice uh, field, or I'm going to call it the main practice field anyway. There are multiples. They've got it set up where the bleachers are just right there. Bleachers are right there, and uh, when they open this thing up for the fans, you know, they've got the fans that are just right there, right on top of everything. And wisely enough, they've got the concessions booth Little trailer open as well, and it just feels cool because it's intimate. It's uh, you're right there, you're right on top of it. You get to see everything, and I'm not saying that that's a, a bad thing for Marshall not to have a practice field. I just thought that would be cool because remember when you got to go actually watch a scrimmage inside the indoor, and you thought, hey, that's pretty cool because you're right there on top of everything, and. I like that intimacy, just being able to just to go out. If you're a fan, you're a lot closer to the action. And you've got to be definitely a hardcore fan because you're going to practice. It's basically what you're doing. You're going to practice. You're going to go watch them in pads. You're going to go watch them run some plays, run some routes. They're practicing against each other. You're going because you are that interested. So... I just thought it was cool the way that some teams do this where you're just on top of it. But with that said, I understand why they're limiting this to season ticket holders to people who are big green members because it's a perk, man. If you that if you're that interested, you want to get to practice, you want to watch practice and you're that interested then you probably already have a big green membership or you are a season ticket holder. And and here's another thing. It just controls who comes in. It just keeps 
it keeps the uh, the crowd down to the people that yeah you're you're basically controlling this. Students can come in, get your ID. Okay, you can come in. Season ticket holder, you can come in. Big green member, okay, you can come in. Just controlling the crowd a little bit. So it's pretty cool. Those are the dates. So some of these may be uh, not as uh, fan friendly to your schedule. Then again, maybe it is. Maybe you take off work early and you go on down at 3.50 p.m. and start watching some camp or uh, the late evenings coming up. That um, 15th, 16th, and 17th, and 18th schedule, 6.30 p.m. That's going to be pretty doable for a lot of people who are working throughout the day. And, of course, um, you get the fan day coming up on Sunday. I'm sure that will be fun for a lot of people. When we come back from break, we're going to turn our attention to baseball. We've got David Kahn joining us from the West Virginia Power. I'm looking forward to talking to him. we got to catch up with him as far as how the Power are doing. We'll talk a little um, trade deadline with him. Later on, we'll take your phone calls. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our midweek conversation with the voice of the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. We've got a lot to get into with him, so uh, let's just go right to it now because um, you didn't know this, but I'm planning on asking you a lot of uh, really big, important questions about uh, the draft, the prospects that uh, come and go for minor league baseball, major league trade deadline, all of that stuff, how it works together. Because yesterday, um, the parent club, the Pirates, um, not really much action from from them. Really quiet, <laughs> quiet day yesterday from the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they they really didn't do a whole lot, did they? No, uh, yeah, it was a crazy day. Um, actually, funny enough, I was in Pittsburgh while all that was going down. Um, so uh, I actually was kind of in. I was at PNC Park when the Archer deal became official. Um, so that was pretty cool uh, to see that because I literally walked by Neil Huntington. Uh, probably five minutes after the Archer deal went down. Uh, and, you know, he was walking around shaking hands and congratulating everyone. And that was actually a pretty cool sight to see. So you were in the um, war room I, is what you're telling me. What I'm hearing is you no, were in no, the... No, no, no. I was not in the decision-making room. What? Do not put words in my mouth, Paul. Come on. We've talked about this. I was not in the war room. No. Uh, the team is in Columbia, obviously. Uh, John is on the road with them, my assistant. So I... Uh, took the liberty of going up to Pittsburgh yesterday uh, to go to PNC Park for the first time ever. Um, great game, great ballpark, great people there. But I happened to walk into the ballpark, and I walked right by Neil Huntington, and I had just gotten the Chris Archer deal finalized, you know, release. Uh, so that was a pretty that was a pretty surreal moment for me just to see that because I know who Neil Huntington is. I've seen him before. He's been at, he's, you know, he's been in Charleston. He's been in other places. Um, but it was pretty cool to just kind of walk by him and be like, oh, hey, you just made a major deal. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was a great day for Pittsburgh. Honestly, I think, uh, obviously losing Meadows and glass now in the prospect system is tough. Those guys are both really, really good. And I think they both have bright features ahead of themselves, but to go get a guy like Chris Archer and then to get a bullpen booster like Kalia, uh, I mean, you, you really can't ask for much more out of the pirates. If you want to show that they, they think they can contend right now and, and they just bolstered, you know, what's been a pretty solid back end of the rotation or back end of the bullpen. And, uh, you know, Archer's going to really be a nice fill for a guy like Cool, who's you know battling some injury issues. Now there are a lot of components of this. Pittsburgh seems to have uh, gotten the better end of 
of this deal. But what does this mean as far as the, the minor league system is concerned? Uh, as far as how does this impact everything that's going on in the system? Because ultimately the minor league system is there to serve the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's the ultimate goal. Get these guys right. ready to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates if they're good enough. So when you see things like this, and of course you also have to uh, give up sometimes prospects or people that are in your system, what usually goes down and what's what's that mean for maybe a West Virginia power franchise? Yeah, so for the minor league system overall, I mean, it, it weakens it a little bit, obviously. Uh, you lose guys like Meadows and Glass now, and I mean, they're two phenomenal players who have both played major league service time. So, uh, you know, for the for the minor league system overall, it takes it a little bit away. But sometimes you have to do that if you if you want to be a buyer like the Pittsburgh Pirates were, you have to give up some high level prospects, and, and they did that, and they're going to be giving up a couple more probably in the players to be named later, uh, in both the uh, the deal for Cleo or and the deal for Archer. So you know it hurts the minor league system a little bit, but it also opens up opportunities for guys who are below Meadows and Glass now on the depth chart to kind of climb their way up to AAA, AA, and and maybe get their shot at the major league level. Um, you know, you see a guy like Alex McCray, who's currently up with the Pirates right now. You know, he might make his major league debut at any moment. Uh, you know, Austin Meadows had already gotten out of the prospect rankings, but uh, you know, with that happening and with guys like Taylor Hearn getting dealt uh, into the Rangers, you know, it opens up more opportunities for power players to get in the prospect rankings. Like Domingo Robles, who's really been solid for us this year, is now a top 30 prospect in the Pirate system. So, of course, you know, those rankings are entirely, you know, mostly subjective and they have objective bases, but, you know, they're subjectively picked by MLB.com. Uh, but, you know, overall, the, the system is still pretty strong. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of talent in the lower levels. And so it doesn't really affect West Virginia, you know, in a, in a direct sense, but indirectly, you know, it opens up more avenues for the guys in Charleston and Altoona and at Indianapolis and Bradenton. So maybe, you know, there's a couple less guys ahead of them in terms of their path to the major league. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, and the Power um, hopefully are going to be recipients of some, um, well, let's hope that this, uh, it works both ways, because sometimes you've got players that are coming back down, and they're not necessarily bad players. It's just, okay, there's an opening, we've got to make room, so somebody's got to go somewhere to bring somebody up, and it almost works both ways if it's done right at times. Yeah, and it really just depends on how each guy's doing and how the organization sees them progressing. Uh, obviously, you know, you see a guy like Odie Nunez come back to the power this year uh, as a bullpen guy. He's been a starter since you know the second year of his career, so to see him come back as a, a bullpen guy has been interesting. But you know, he's he's taken the role in stride, and he's really you know put himself in a, a solid position to help out West Virginia, who's really turned it around of late. You know, winning four of their last five, going for the sweep tonight uh, in Columbia. So. I mean, it it really, you know, it, it kind of depends on just how the organization is feeling about each individual person. But you're right, Paul, in that it can, you know, it can be a benefit for one guy. It can hurt another guy. But in the end of the day, it all usually balances itself out. Let's talk about that uh, hot streak as of late. Um, it seems like everybody in the division except Delmarva just won't lose at this point. The power <laughs> on the streak. Uh, Hagerstown won a game. Right, um, yeah, everybody's winning except Delmarva, so that's making it very hard to even work your way back up against um, that such a wall. And then there's Lakewood that just just refuses to lose to almost anybody. 
Well, so here, here's how I'm feeling right now as we enter the final month of the regular season. Forget about Lakewood. They're, they're probably going to win the second half, Northern Division crown, and, and whatever. So you're focused on that second record, which right now the power are five and a half back of the Kannapolis Intimidators. Now, the power don't play Kannapolis again the rest of the season. We've already talked about that. The power actually only play two Northern Division foes the rest of the year, one against Greensboro, one against Hagerstown. Now, normally that's bad because we don't have direct matchups against those guys to build up games. However, you're talking about the fact that all the Northern Division foes won't lose. Well, they're going to play each other down the stretch. So Kannapolis, Delmarva, Greensboro, you know, Lakewood, Hagerstown are going to beat each other up. So if things break the right way, West Virginia could indirectly back themselves into the postseason. Especially look at the uh, the, the the bottom of this uh, this league, the South, and do they even know that baseball season's still going on? I'm just looking down the line here, and it's as if they everybody's just thrown it in. We're done. We're, we're done. I mean, I mean, look, look. It's been it's been tough for some teams, and it's been tough for West Virginia. We, we didn't have a great month of July. Ten and eighteen is not a month to to write home about. But you know, they're they're getting hot at the right time, and um, you know. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do to, to put themselves in a position to make a run for it. They did the same thing last year. They were 13-15 and 15 in July, and then they won 22 of their last 34 games, 19-10 and 10 in August, and they were virtually tied for a postseason berth, and because of some winning percentage stuff that we won't get into because it's still sore, uh, Greensboro made the playoffs and West Virginia didn't. So, I mean, this looks very similar to last year, and you certainly hope that you know things continue to break our way. And, you know, right now, the only thing in West Virginia's mind is keep winning each game. Uh, you know, if you focus on what other teams are doing, you're going to you're going to forget about what you have to do at the task at hand. The task at hand is just win every night. So, you know, what other teams do, West Virginia can't control. You have to focus on what you can control as a, as a ball club, and that's win games. David Kahn joining us from the West Virginia Power. The Power are trying to get to that. Uh, elusive postseason berth and on a hot streak as of late. So where's um where's it coming from? Is this um is this something we can just look at a couple of guys and say, okay, it's being fueled by them, or has this really been a everybody has uh, stepped it up turnaround? It it's the pitching, honestly. I mean the pitching has been phenomenal. Over the last three games they've only allowed two runs total. Uh Max Kranick, of course, starting that off on Sunday, he threw Five perfect innings, gave up his only hit in the sixth, and then faced the minimum. Uh, our bullpen is not allowed to run in its last five games, uh, which has just been absolutely incredible. And I mean, you know, I mean, you you look at the the ERA overall for the team over its last three at zero point six four. Like I said, the bullpen hasn't allowed to run in its last five games, uh, so the pitching has been absolutely incredible. The offense has showed up most of the time. Yesterday, it didn't really show up. You know, the entire time we only had one hit through eight innings, but. When it came to it, an extra innings, we hit back-to-back triples to take a 3-1 to lead. And then Bo Salser, who's been a very solid contributor out of the bullpen, locked it down for us, and that was all she wrote. David Kahn joining us from the West Virginia Power. So the Power in that situation now where they can make a run, and the good news is it's um, it's still possible to get to the postseason, which means these guys still having fun out there. Uh, but that's really, I think – the sign that if they're not having fun, the fans probably can feel that, and then they're not really having fun. So it, does it just feel like that these guys know we still got some baseball to play and it's still fun? Oh, absolutely. And, and one guy you can look at that to see that they're still trying really hard and you know putting everything they have out there is Jesse Madrano. 
Uh, when you come to a game at Appalachian Power Park, Jesse Madrano literally every inning will run onto the field at full speed and then run off the field at full speed. And I think that fuels the rest of the team. I mean, he sprints to third base every time he's out there and sprints right back to the dugout at the end of the inning. You know, he, he doesn't do it for to show off. He doesn't do it to anything. He does it because he's a hustler. And I think that reflects on the rest of the team, and you see it in their effort. When they see Jesse going out there and, and you know, busting his butt to, to get to third base, uh, you know, I think it says, all right, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're serious about this game. We're serious about this inning. Let's go get this done. And I, I think that, you know, he's been a, a real driver uh, both at the plate and in the field lately. On the road tonight, back home for a four-game set, then you, you get my birthday off on Monday. Um, good scheduling, man. Oh, your Thank- birthday's August 6th? Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, power Happy game birthday. for my birthday? No, you guys are off. Sorry. Yeah, I mean – I don't make this. I don't. I don't have any any control over the schedule. If I did, uh, there would be no uh, no two trips to Rome in ten days at the end of the season. Let me tell you that. Okay, fair. That's that's very fair. I understand. So, <laughs> what can we expect from the homestand? All right. So we kick it off on uh, Thursday. Thursday, your your favorite night of the week. I know. Uh, you know, one dollar twelve ounce beverages, two dollars sixteen ounce cans. All those college students that are just getting ready to go back to school. Uh, before you do one more thirsty Thursday at the ballpark, uh, you get two dollars off of your ticket purchase for the valid student ID. On Friday, we've got fireworks after the game. Our friends at uh, Brick Street Insurance putting that one on. On Saturday, it is actually back to school night, so we're giving away a backpack giveaway to the first one thousand fans. And then on Sunday, it's a Kid Sunday fun day to wrap things up. Baseball wise, uh, what can we expect from the series? Well, it'll be an interesting series. Uh, Augusta has really been uh, kind of shattered with their pitching staff. Uh, John Gavin, Joey Marciano, and Jason Barr, three of their top starters, have all now been called up to the high A level in San Jose and California. So they've lost a lot of talent in the pitching staff. Uh, their offense has not really been something to show up of late, but they've been able to win a lot of lo- lo- a lot of low scoring ball games. Um, so you know, basically, it's it's you know. A question of whether West Virginia's offense is going to show up or not. And if they show up, I think it could be a good series of power. David Kahn joining us from the West Virginia Power. And uh, you mentioned that road trip. Um, after that, though, I mean, it, it looked the schedule-wise. I mean, you get through that, I think you're in good good shape. Is that fair, the way this thing's going to end up in August? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, seven-game road trip is going to be a little long, but, you know, you come back, then you've got 11 of your final 19 games at home. I uh, don't have to travel as much, you know, not as tired. And, you know, it could be a good sign for, for things to come down the, down the end of the season for the power. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you go to Rome, you come back home, then you go to Rome again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, would be the one, that would be the one thing that uh, will, will be a little bit tough for the power, but they've got a couple of off days, you know, during in between those trips. So the rest will be key, especially down the final, you know, few weeks of the season. But uh, everyone's in the same spot, and and hopefully the power by then are, you know, well within striking distance and can just ride that momentum to make things happen. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, and uh, let's hope that we can get through August and go deep into September, man. Uh, I know football season's almost here, but still. Yeah, we're not talking about football season. I know you are. I'm not. I'm not even looking at football season yet. My, I, I, I know. All I know is that the Patriots are playing week one against the Texans, and then I will watch that game. But hopefully, I'm watching that from the road in Lakewood when we're playing in the postseason. You're Patriots guy. 
Yeah, we've okay. talked about this. Yeah, I'm just uh, okay. My entire family's from Massachusetts. Don't go bandwagon. Yeah, I was just um, no. Oh, trust me, I'm a Bengals fan. I'm not on anybody's bandwagon. <laughs> no, I know. Usually, people call me a bandwagon. No, no, no. Like, uh, oh, you're a Patriots fan. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'm a Patriots fan, but it's because I have roots there. Okay. All right. I'm, nothing. Nothing else. I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Bengals fan. I can't. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? At least you're not a Browns fan, right? Um, heck, the Browns fan I know was giving me grief. Uh, Doc Holliday's presser. Um, Oh, whatever. Yeah, you know what he, he you know what he said he said the dirty word. He said Marvin Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, he I, I won't respond to that cuz anything I'm saying I would say is not suitable for radio. Um, but <laughs> fair. Again, very fair. Yeah. And plus, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not confident in our producer's ability to hit the dump button in time. <laughs> I, I I don't even want I don't even want to make him hit it. Thank you. We, we, we can talk about that off air. Okay, we will. Trust me. And I'll, I'll identify the Browns fan. You probably don't know. Well, I'll say this. Um, he's famous. He's famous in newspaper circles. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Very, Got it. I, very, well, my, my assistant's also a Browns fan. So Really? Yeah, John John is a Browns fan. He's from Cleveland. I mean, what, what, what can you do? You don't have to be a Browns fan because you're from Cleveland. Uh, he's a Cleveland fan. You don't he's have an Indian to be. fan. He's a Cavs fan. He's a Browns. He's like me. I'm a Boston fan. My family's from Boston. I'm a you know Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins, whatever. Okay. Um, I'm, but the Pirates are my National League team, so that happened to work out very well with you know this job. But, yeah, that helped. Uh, that does help a lot. Yeah, it it really did. I, I got very lucky with the fact that I you know happened to work for their minor league affiliate. That was pretty cool. David Kahn, our guest. Um, the <laughs> the Thirsty Thursday uh, kickoff begins tomorrow as uh, you, you catch him on the air. Of course, you can go to wvpower.com for for all of that. And you know, during a, maybe a, a, a half inning uh, lull, you can hear him talk about his love for Tom Brady and all things Patriots. I mean, it it could. I I will I refrain from that. We had NFL draft night earlier this year. I uh, I did wear my Tom Brady jersey. We did we did discuss Tom Brady on the air. John was wearing a uh, Josh. Oh oh, what was it? it's not Josh Gordon. Uh, some some weird Browns player that I hadn't heard of in like four years. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, we, we, I've already talked about Tom Brady on the air this year. And uh, if anyone would like to get into a, a very, you know, casual discussion about who the goat is in the NFL, I'm, I'm happy to back up my boy, Tommy B. I'm not, I'm not taking that bait. I'm, I'm walking away from this right now. Good. Okay. I'm walking away. I'm you, walking you, away. You know from where this. it's going. I mean, look, Paul, you know where it's going to go. I'm just walking away from it. I'm walking away. <laughs> We've gotten officially off the rails here. Yeah, we are. You know what though? It's <laughs> it's sort of our thing. <laughs> I mean, I expect it every week. Yeah, it's I, sort I, of I our always, thing. I always sit there and wonder what's Paul going to come at me with this week, and how am I going to deflect it? I don't even know why this this happens. To be honest with you, I don't sit here and plan like, okay, how am I going to get David off the rails this week? It just sure. It, it just happens. Sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Look. Uh, yeah. You. You want me to put effort into this? I will. Go ahead, bring it. I'm ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I will. You know, I will be working this uh, here in the next few weeks. Uh, I hope your Twitter feed is secure, man. That's all I'm saying. It, it's it's private. I you hope have to request to follow me. I hope there's like uh, there's nothing ten years ago that's going to get you into trouble on this program next week. Please. That's all I'm saying.
please. I got nothing on my Twitter. Look, Go I've, ahead and I've, look. I've got a couple of your texts from your adventures uh, on vacation, okay? So I've got some material already, but I'm not going there out of, out of respect. Thank you. That's nothing. It's nothing It's nothing because I haven't made it no, something yet. That's what it is. Okay. All right. David Give it your best shot, Paul. I'm, I'm ready to deflect it. All right, David Kahn, deflector for the West Virginia Power. <laughs> Always fun, man. Uh, we'll do it again next week. And um, maybe we'll Absolutely. talk a little bit more baseball next week as well. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see. David Kahn <laughs> from the West Virginia Power. Find out more about the power at wvpower.com. We're going to take our next break, come back, and uh, not talk about David Kahn or the West Virginia Power when we continue on the drive here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll keep this segment short. We went a little long with David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. It's always fun. If you, uh, if you tuned in late, you want to go back and catch that, I remind you to go to the podcast. All you have to do is find us on iTunes. That's the easiest way to do it. If you can find us on iTunes, you've got it. Everything you need. Now, if you don't have an iPhone... Um, we are on different platforms like Stitcher Radio. We're also on TuneIn. There's a, a great app. I actually have an iPhone, but I don't necessarily go to the podcast app all the time on the iPhone that's built in for my podcast. Instead, I've got a great app. It's called Overcast. And all you have to do is do a search for The Drive with Paul Swan. We are there as you hear my phone go off, me loading it up. It does work. It's, uh, it's pretty easy. So if you are having a hard time finding it, all you have to do is uh, go to your favorite podcast app and search for The Drive with Paul Swan, and you can find us and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Of course, you can go to the website. We post it on our podcast page every day. It's right there. We've got a widget. All you have to do is go to wrbc.com, and if you miss any part of the show, you can go back and listen to it, and we'll get you past episodes as well. So I'll tell you what, since um, we're running a little behind let's get caught back up we'll take our next break we'll come back and then we're going to finish the show out we'll have uh, the rest of the hour for you if you want to get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK 877-420-8255 we've got more on the way it's the drive here on espn 94.1 fm and am 9:30. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. The Drive continues right here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, with the start of football camps across the country, that means we can start looking at preseason polls, power indexes, where people think teams are going to end up. And ESPN, of course, has come out with their power rankings. Alabama is still the number one team. Ohio State's right there. But uh, let's just go from the bottom up, talk about a few of the teams that are on the list. And coming in at number 25, South Carolina. Uh, I'll tell you, here are the teams that got votes also in this thing. Again, polls are polls, but they're fun to talk about. Um, LSU, Utah, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, Boston College, Northwestern, Missouri, and Florida Atlantic, importantly enough, got some uh, mention here and the ESPN Power Rankings. So South Carolina comes in at 25. UCF is 24. That's a big deal right there. Remember UCF? 
I know if you are uh, you're a Marshall fan that remembers the Mac days, these guys at one point they came in with a lot of swagger and they were on par with Marshall. Marshall was probably a little bit better. And then all of a sudden, that changed. These guys have really, as a program, elevated uh, UCF. I didn't think that would happen. I wasn't expecting that. Maybe I was blinded by it. But I can remember their fan base uh, at the 1AA level, and they were full of it then as far as the swagger. And look at them now. And you never know what kind of team they're going to have, but they are coming in at 24th on the power index. Oregon's 23rd, Texas is 22nd, TCU's 21st, and West Virginia, 20th. I think that's fair. That is fair because Will Greer is going to have an outstanding season. If everything falls into place the way it should, Will Greer is going to dominate. He is going to be a contender. He has to be a contender for Heisman. I don't think he'll win it. But he's going to put some ungodly numbers up. It's going to be completely sick, the numbers he's going to put up. And good for him. Good for West Virginia. And they've got some receivers that can go out there and do it. David Stills is going to be able to make some um, contributions. I mean, yeah, he's going to make some contributions. I think uh, Gary Jennings is going to make some contributions as well. Running back position is pretty secure. West Virginia is going to be a fun team to watch in the Big 12. You've got Boise State coming in at 19 and Florida State's 18. Mississippi State comes in at 17. USC 16. Virginia Tech's 15th. And then um, it's Stanford at 14. Michigan State at 13. Michigan 12. That's going to be interesting. Notre Dame right outside the top 10 at number 11. They could jump up. Week one, they've got Michigan. That's going to be a big game. If they get that game right off the bat, that's going to be huge for Notre Dame. Then coming into the top ten, you have Auburn at ten. You have Miami at nine. Penn State is eight, showing that there's some serious depth in the big ten. Oklahoma is seven. Wisconsin comes in at six. Washington, fifth. And then Georgia, they're fourth. Ohio State's third. Clemson is number two. Alabama is number one. Again, the champs are here, and they're going to be probably, again, favored to be the champs. Alabama has got a serious program rolling. So that's what it looks like. Again, all of this is pure conjecture and speculation. We haven't seen anybody play yet. And once you get a few games in, then – We'll see what these things shake out to be. Are you a fan of the preseason poll? Because how do you know? We just guess that Alabama is going to be as good. We just guess. Now, a lot of it is informed, but we just guess that Clemson is going to be good, and Ohio is going to be good, that it's all going to come together. And you keep going down the line here. How do you know without seeing a single game that – Okay, UCF at 24, they're, they're going to be a top 25 team. They're, they're good enough to be with what they've got. Or how do you know that Florida Atlantic is maybe good enough to get some votes, but maybe they're not going to be as good. Who knows? How do you know? And I always thought that the preseason rankings, sometimes they 
they skew the actual rankings because you've got them there, you've got them ranked, and then say Ohio State wins, you can't just drop them. Say another team is better, looks better. It's very hard to get into the top 25 when there are other teams there. Now, how do you know? How do you know that Ohio State's better than Penn State? They're both winning, right, until they meet. I think after a few weeks you release these rankings. Uh, but, again, they are what they are. They're just rankings. The only numbers that really matter are the ones that come out when the committee puts their rankings out. Here's the teams that we rank. We'll rank them how we feel the following week. And these are the teams, if it ended today, that will be playing in the college football playoff, playing hopefully for a shot of a national championship. This is how college football works now. It's based on these numbers. It's completely different. There's so many teams, you couldn't do it any other way, I don't think. I don't know how you would make this thing mean more. Ultimately, my idea, and this is not going to go over well with some of those power conference fans, is conference champions get to play in the postseason, the playoff. Still have your bowl games, that's fine, but the conference champions get to play. Those are the those are the teams that are eligible and qualified. And say you have 10 conference champions. Okay, you want to do a playoff. All right, you can have some first-round buys. That's fine. How about the first, how about the top four get buys and then you, you could have a tournament? You want to do it that way. You get some early games, you might extend it a week. Put all your conference champions, get a couple of at larges. There you go. Just do a couple of at larges, or you can have a situation where, okay, the top two ten teams get by, the top two get the first week off, getting ready. For their their opponent it makes it a little you know harder on the other teams, but at the same time, if you're the number one team, you get some privileges and perks there. I think that's fair. It's never going to happen that way. I think it makes sense. Let the conference champions be the ones playing for this thing. That's going to exclude teams. Sometimes it's going to exclude your favorite team because you didn't win your conference championship. So. All right, that's the system. Sorry. Uh, that's how it used to be in basketball. Conference champions got to go, right? It's a little different system now. you got to get to win that at-large bid to get in. If you're not from a power conference, you don't necessarily have a guaranteed path in, so you got to go win that, and then you get in. You can guarantee yourself a, a shot that way. But that's, I think, how college football should be with the, with the championship. I mean, one AA ranks the uh, football championship subdivision. Doesn't seem to have the same problems. But, again, it works there. I think a playoff would work for Division One. The football bowl schools can go play their bowl games if they don't get into postseason. But at the same time, I think you're not going to see that only because – there's a possibility that somebody gets in that's not a power conference and could actually maybe upset one of the power schools. 
There's that possibility. Also, you have to share the wealth. That's another primary reason why I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon because you got to share the wealth. I mean, these schools are getting a piece of the pie now, but it's not that big of a pie, or that big of a slice. So the wealth is not going to be shared as much if you don't have to. So you start all of a sudden inviting more people to the table. You've got to cut that pie up for more people. You don't get that big of a slice. Sorry, Nick Saban does not get that big of a piece of pie. He's got to get a piece of pie that's smaller. And the guy right next to him, it could be Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday is going to get a piece of pie that's about the same size as, say, Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. They're going to have equal pieces of pie. And you know they like their pie. They want the biggest slice of pie possible. So if they can get bigger pieces of pie, they're going to do so. And then you give Doc Holliday, you give him a slice, like a little sliver. You can have a taste if you get invited to the table. But you have to have more equitable situation here, and I don't think that's going to happen. And part of that's going to be because don't want to give up the money. And the other part is that maybe someone thinks, well, I don't think it's going to be as fun to watch Western Michigan play Auburn. Or I don't think it's going to be fun to watch Marshall play Alabama. Or Ohio play Ohio State. What if that was a a bracketed game? Somebody's going to go, yeah, this isn't good. Well, is it about being fair or is it about being good for television? And you know the answer. It's about being good for television. And somewhere somebody in their head has gotten stuck that, okay, these schools aren't going to be good for television when it comes to this thing. Or they're just not going to, okay, they're the conference champion of the MAC. Okay, big deal. Oh, they're the conference champion of Conference USA. Okay, big deal. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. They're still conference champion. And if you want to bracket this thing, you want to have a system where, okay, everybody gets a shot. If you want that. if You don't have to want that. But if you want a system where everyone has an opportunity, a kid going to Marshall, a kid going to Ohio, has the same shot to get to a national championship as the kid going to Ohio State or Alabama, Penn State, because there's access. It's the same way that a kid that goes to Marshall in basketball, John Elmore, has a shot to win a national championship. You know why? Because there's a path to the championship that can be taken. It's a little harder work on Marshall's part because there's still the committee that selects these schools. And if you don't win the automatic bid from your tournament championship game, you got to hope that the committee puts you in. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. It's been fun. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Until then, have a great evening. WQ27BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.